Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host, and joining me is Dr. Peter Bernstein. And today we will continue in our series on how to survive through adversity. Dr. Bernstein, Peter, as he likes to be called, is a coach and mentor with almost 50 years of experience helping people survive and grow through trauma, struggles, and hard times, the stuff of real life. The goal of our series is to help you discover what we've experienced, that adversity is more than a trial to endure. It can be an exciting opportunity to learn, grow, and thrive. And it's good to be back here with you, Peter. I hope that you feel the same. Well, you know what? When I listen to you, Jenny loves being a host on this radio show. That's all I can tell you. It's infectious. And I love it. And uh, we take a difficult subject. And when she's leading and we're on this thing, I'll tell you the truth. It's uplifting to all of us. And I hope it will be to all of you. Because our passion is to do these, is to encourage those in need out there. Uh, we want to show you that before you go through these things or while you're going through them, we too are and have and have helped many people. And one of the beauties is is that because we have been through it and are still going through many things, many trials and challenges, it gives us a deeper sense of purpose and meaning and a desire to come alongside all of you and offer you the skills and tools that you're going to need to get through whatever you're facing. That is the core of all of this. And yes, I've worked, you know, I think about what Jenny said. I've worked with trauma of impact for a long time. But you know what? I've also been part of so many recoveries. And I've been blessed that way. Um, I've been given the skills uh, to, to relieve the pain people feel and to get them on the straight, on the, get them back on their feet even better than they were before. And I have 49 years, not 50, but it's a long time. That's almost 50. Yeah, it's a long time and a lot of people. But the beauty that we're doing of what we're doing now is we can reach so many more of you. And we know the needs are growing exponentially because they're coming through our lives, through, our, through the nonprofit, through uh, the Bernstein Institute, and we want to be there for you. Uh, and we feel that if this is what we are to do and this is what's put before us, then we're going to respond and help. And certainly this broadcast today will be an outreach to all of you and any of you and i want to say get in touch with us uh, if you if you hear things that uh, are meaningful to you if you hear things that you don't agree with whatever it may be we want to hear from you if you have need and you're going through challenging and difficult times which basically all of us have to remember is a definite intrinsic part of life and it's never fun but that's what we're here to help you through. That's what we're here to do to come come alongside you and give you the, the, the loving support that you're going to need. Maybe day-to-day, -day, how to get through each day. Maybe the bigger picture on re reflecting on what you've been through or what you're going through and what could possibly be the purpose and meaning of going through all of this. All of these things come up. They come up. But we... I wouldn't say we have all the answers. That's not true. No, no. But in the one of the things that I think you have seen over and over and over again over the 49, 50 almost years that you've worked is that um, life challenges or crises don't have to permanently 
disable us or impact us negatively, that we can respond to them. Absolutely. And I'm glad you, you said that because I've seen it's been the uplifting of my career is to be able to see people coming to me in such horrible shape. They've been through crises and trauma and shocks and losses and sickness and so many different things. And the beauty is that I've been able to help them through the work that we've designed and developed and been mentored in before, earlier in our careers, be able to see how they leave and how good they look and how much better they look. Now, I can't say what they're doing out there that I have control over it, but when we work with them, to see the difference feeds my soul, and I know it does for you too. Yes. Um, that is the food that keeps us going. So, yes, we live for that. Mm -hmm. And we live for it in ourselves, too. So, yeah, we know the difficulties. We know the pain and the suffering. We have our own, too. But we also know it doesn't have to be the end of life. You don't have to be so totally despairing and discouraged that there's another way to go. And, I, I you know, I'll tell you, we had a wonderful episode last week with Big Joe Foote. And this is a guy that inspired me. I felt absolutely. it was absolutely it was a privilege to sit in this. I know him. Jenny knows him, to sit in this studio with him um, and to look at him, Big Joe, and this is a, now quadriplegic, uh, sitting in that big, elect, big electric wheelchair, handsome guy that he is. Um, and to see that what he's been through has made him so much better. And he talks honestly and openly, and I love that, about what he has to face every day. Yes. Um, and yet his challenge is not to get caught up in self-pity, not to be discouraged and despairing and feel like a victim. And every day, he picks up that challenge and he chooses not to wallow in the losses and the self-pity, but to focus on hope, to focus on what he can do and what he will be able to do. Yes. One of the things that he talked about is the kind of pain he, he has. Yeah, the the pain and the limitations in his body, wow. and the the wow. just the struggle for him to just do the daily tasks of of that we would many would take for granted. Well, when he was talking about it, we got we got a little bit of more of a, a inside look at his day to day challenges, and when they, these spasms take over his entire body, uh, the pain that he's in and what it does to him. Yeah, he also talked about what it does to remedy that. Mm -hmm. um, and it works for him. It works for and him. And he uses some kind of cannabis. Uh, Instead of a, a very strong prescription narcotic-type medication. He doesn't do that. Yeah. So he gave that up to use, I think he said CBD, and some of the active yeah. uh, THC. And he says it really does help him. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I, that I li when I'm listening to that, I'm going, this guy has a lot of hope. He does. And yeah. purpose. He said one of the other reasons that he can and does get up and keep going every day is because he wants to give back. He wants to set an example. He wants to help other people that are in his situation. And that he said, if it was just for me, I don't know that I would get, be able to get up and do it every day. And he says he has a vision yeah. that he wants to realize that he wants to be able to walk again, that he wants to be able to drive others that are in the uh position he's in mm -hmm. and that's one of his great visions and it's a wonderful vision that's what he is motivated by but the something that struck me about the hope that he des described to us was that there seems to be an energy and a motivation 
Um, and you, that does come from, the, when you have hope, that's what comes. But you also have to be willing to do something that he does. And that is, you got to be able to work, when I say work through, you got to not let your emotional and physical pain stop you from doing what you need to do. And you got to almost transcend it. You've got to not let it stop you. And instead, almost embrace the challenge. Mm -hmm. And then the energy and the passion and the motivation just seems to become radiant. And he is a man that radiates that in spite of all his physical limitations. One of the things he shared with us is that before his accident, mm -hmm. uh, his disabling accident, mm -hmm. he had felt uh, and been aware of times when the issues that were not going so well in his life would almost, like he said, it was almost like a tap on the shoulder or a, a, a glimpse would come, and he would not want to see them or deal with them, and he would push them aside. And then that, having done that, he felt like it all caught up with him, and the accident happened. And now he doesn't want to do that anymore. He doesn't want to push away... Uh, painful or uh, upsetting things that he doesn't want to face. He wants to take them on and try to face them now. And I, we're going to talk about that today because there's some. We wrote a paper that we had published in numerous places during the high, Great Recession, and it was to give people hope and tools to get through that horrible time. And we look back on that, and we came up with ten different things to pay attention to, to give you hope, and. Uh, how to avoid the pitfalls of discouragement and despair and terror, being terrified. And I, I will bring the, I call it the list, and uh, we'll talk about that today. But um, I want to get back to... Uh, yes, I'd like to return to something you said, and then we kind of kept going, but I think it's a really key thing, and that is that he, Joe, and anyone else uh, can, can gather some really valuable energy mm -hmm. uh, and motivation by willing to, by being willing to face and kind of work through what you're talking about, some emotional pain, some physical pain, that having hope can lead to energy and motivation, but you've got to be willing to face some pain. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I was just thinking of something else, but that's... That's that's. Well, uh, we can come back to that later. What no, was no, on stay your... with it. No, I I like that. Yeah, because I I I don't want to go over that too fast. And I think I know uh, kind of we talked about a title for today, and that is even our title. Uh, the title, the working title for today's episode is energy and motivation, even through the hard times. Yeah. Being willing to open ourselves up, beyond our emotional and physical pain. And embrace it. And embrace and it. And I, I think that. Uh, Oh, I know what it is. Okay, there's something that we've gotten a number of people that have listened to the last broadcast with Joel, and the we got a I got a call yesterday from Colorado, uh, from uh, a couple. Uh, he's a clinical psychologist for, actually, is one of my oldest friends. He's a been New doing New Jersey that. connection. Yeah, and he's actually been doing it longer than I have, believe it he or not. He escaped New Jersey too, yeah. but he went to Colorado. Yeah, and his wife, who's a mentor coach, and she's so passionate and enthusiastic. And what and I've heard other people who've, who've uh, spoke up after listening to the broadcast with Joe. And one of the key factors that comes up for all of them is self-pity and how destructive it can be 
and how people have to make a choice. They need to make a choice like Joe made that they're not going to allow self-pity to destroy them, which it can be. And I've certainly, unfortunately, seen that too many times with folks. It's one of the most destructive mechanisms. Um, but I think having Joe here crystallized that so much. Here he is. Oh, it did. Sitting here, and if anybody stood back, and we've seen this with Navy SEALs. It would SEALs. be reasonable standing yep. back. Yep. And feel pity. Yeah. And we had the same experience when we've treated Navy SEALs, wounded Navy SEALs. God help us if we showed any kind of pity or, oh my God, they have mental dis disturbances. They didn't want to hear that. And they don't, they're not interested in self-pity. They don't want anybody's pity. They want you to help them make the most of what they have left. And that's what they're willing to do. And as long as they know that you're wor working on that with them, they're all for it. Even if it hurts. In, this in fact, it does. But what I've discovered, I don't know, this last show with Joe, <coughs> excuse me, brought that out so powerfully. Because here was a man, here we're sitting here, and I think this room emanated the, the uh, opposite of self-pity. Yes. And it also made it crystallized uh, for so many who I know, I won't say so many, but I know people who... Self-pity is destroying them, destroying their health, their vigor, their hope, um, their resilience. And it just permeates them, and mm -hmm. it affects everything in their life. It is poisonous. It's poison. And we're going to cover that today. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Well, Joe sure brought that home. Really did. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma, 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. Before our break, we were talking about the energy and the motivation that we need, anyone needs, to get through hard, challenging times. Mm -hmm. And how do we find it? And what gets in the way? Uh. And the final point that you made before our break, and I had, I had to cut you off just a little bit, it was self-pity. Uh. And what a destroyer that is for energy, motivation, and hope and success. And how easy it is to fall into it when you're in the midst of the dark side and the, of difficulties and challenges. I mean, we're, we're human. So everybody knows self-pity. The key really is you have a point of, a point of choice. And when you see that, you need to realize, number one, that's a voice of your emotional states, by, by your emotional state. There's where you're going to feel self-pity. There's where you're going to feel very negative. Your outlook on life is going to be so dark and despairing and overwhelming. Um, but our emotions don't have that kind of... Our feeling state does, but our emotional state doesn't have the credibility to, to, that we give it. And for us to allow our emotions to dictate our mindset and our outlook is trouble every time. Um, and people have to realize that, that when you're in self-pity, you're in a highly overwhelming state of emotion and pain. Now, we're not saying not to, not to deal with that. And I think Joe was very clear. Mm -hmm. He has his pain He had on. to take it on. And yes. we all do. And we know that. All of us do. We, and not the, we have 
skills and abilities to help people discharge and get rid of that emotional charge uh, to realign their nervous system back to a more normalized state. We know it works, but that doesn't mean you're immune. You do run into it. The key really is not to leave it unbridled, though. Not to walk out and believe that emotional state is giving you all the accurate information you need on what's going on in life. It isn't. You know, I'm just going to break in for a moment because someone else who listened to the episode with Joe mm -hmm. and who gives us really good feedback, mm -hmm. uh, Kelly, she was saying that you had used a phrase that really helped her, and that had to do with what lens are you looking through? Hmm. Are you looking through the lens of your emotions, that cloudy lens, or are you going to look through a clear lens mm -hmm. of uh, more being more objective and going with feelings, hope, things like that. Yeah, yeah, she did it beautifully. Did it. That was from... That was from Kelly. I said that? She said that you... I guess I did. Okay, Kelly... It was a blur it. for us, yeah. but she caught it. Actually, we we deal with this so much, not just in here, but just around the clock that I can't even remember all the things that I've said, but it's true. And I can only speak... I can speak for myself that I would much... I like the feeling of looking through a clear lens. I really do. And I've spent my life learning capabilities, uh, techniques, everything to keep that lens clear and also to recognize that it doesn't stay clear. Certainly in the work that we've done, we don't expect, we, of course we're no, going to No, everybody has their moments. And we're going to. We're, we gonna, we're helping people through dire circumstances and we have our own, so of course we resonate with it. Yeah. And when my lens gets too cloudy, it feels terrible. I feel terrible. I know how to clear it, though. And I'm willing to do it instead of run away from it. The, the end result is what I love, is that I can clear, that I can back get back to a normal sense of self-regulation. And my outlook and mindset is so much more resilient, uh, encouraged, hopeful, even if the situations I'm dealing with aren't. But it's just knowing that there's a there's something more important there. There's a meaning. There's a purpose. There's a strength that I'm going to discover, and I always do, that I didn't even know I had before I went through it. So that I live for that, and I am a guy who really embraces being a strong man. And since I am, and I know that my limitations, I like that. I like to be able to come out and feel like I've discovered something about myself through this last episode that I didn't even know I had or that was it capable of, and here it, here it is, and here I am. And through it all, as difficult and dark and painful as it is, and heartbreaking as it is, look at the good things that do come out of it. That's what amazes me. Things about myself that I could only have hoped for in my wildest dreams and never expected to be selfless, humble, Humble didn't enter into my upbringing. That's not New Jersey no, either. No, New Jersey street talk. No, humility isn't part of it. Pride is. And I had plenty of that. Um, and we thought it was good. It kept us surviving. But the truth of the matter is, it's not the whole picture at all. I think finding humility uh, is so wonderful. Finding gratitude and appreciation for the little things in life is so important and precious. But it's something that you have to really, it's, you, you got to go through these difficulties to find how this, what we're talking about, fulfills you. And uh, I, talking to Joe, I love him, but, but when he talks, 
he every word he says has gratitude and appreciation to it yes and, and meaning humility and humility and genuineness and humanity mm-hmm. that's what i live for and you can't get there unless you've been through these things to be honest with that's you that's right but it's wonderful when you can and if, if a guy like me with the pride issues that i've had with the materialistic issues i've had with the ego that I've had, with the upbringing I've had, to be able to find humility, to find a grace that I could never do on my own, and gratitude and appreciation, that to me is a gift. And look at what it comes through. Yeah. Devastating circumstances, seeing my loved ones go through some terrible times that I can't do anything about except love her and make her comfortable and sacrifice for her and be selfless. And no, I'm not going to get anything back other than She's breathing. She can touch my hand every once in a while. And she's still with us. To me, that's a big deal. Now, at one time, I can assure you that was the farthest thing from where I was. But that's where I live today. And I live it and mean it. Yes. And it's when genuine. I, it's genuine. And it couldn't have come any other way. And that's what I see with Joe. Yes. He's got such a genuineness about him and a humility after what he's been through. Yeah. That's what we want to bring out to people that there is a value even through these difficulties that you will discover you may and I can only speak for myself I hate the pain mm-hmm. and the difficulties I'm not a lover of it but I do know there's value and purpose deep down I know but that doesn't mean I would uh, choose pain and suffering and struggle all the time just to find that it's nothing that I choose it's when it comes though I don't run away from it Yes. And I know that I'll get through it somehow. That's what means everything. And there's where Joe sits today. Yeah. We're talking about attitude. Attitude. And uh, we're countering, we're offering something that is positive against the negative self-pity. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- you've talked about humility and gratitude. And we have talked about hope. Uh, two attitudes, I know when we were preparing for today, there were two attitudes you wanted to bring out and talk about more. And one was hope. And one was willingness to, to learn. learn. That's right. And what does that mean? We've talked about some intrinsic components to hope and the energy and motivation. But we also want to talk about an attitude of learning that has to come through this too. It involves, it involves kind of extrapolating information from these challenging times that we go through and adding that to what we already have going on in our lives and and what we've gone through. I'm a little distracted because our technician Steve is, is asking, um, in case people don't listen to episodes in order, uh-huh. he wants to make sure people who want to listen to Joe know where to go. Oh, okay. And so he wanted me to mention that Joe was on episode 22. Good, okay, okay. so this is episode 23. This is 23. Good, okay. Right, so that that is important. I want yeah. people to be able to find Joe. No, good. You know what's interesting about doing this work? We are so focused. <laughs> we don't think about that. On this, this microphone and on each other, and that's perfect. And if something else is going on, it's so distracting. I have no clue. Yeah. And all of a sudden, my mind is going away, going, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. Everything's so microscopically tuned in here. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's because this matters to us. It does. The whole topic does. Right. And you were talking about learning. Learning. And, you know, I don't want to read my notes on that one. Because you really do have to... And I'm a great component of this, uh, and I know I do it because I feel I have to, and that is to learn as much as I can 
about the challenges that I'm facing with myself or at this point with my loved one, um, but with myself as far as a caregiver and with all the other caregiving issues that I now see in others, um, I really apply myself to learning new information, to learn as much as I can. Um, even if I thought I knew a lot before, I'll be honest with you, nothing like what I know now. And I seek it out. And I learn from other people that have been there calling and expertise in these specific areas. I want to learn from them. And you don't waste any time. No, I remember I when, when something comes up, you start right away. Yep, I do. And I've always been that. Well, I've been that way a long time. And I find that it helps me. It helps me understand what I'm facing. It helps me see the realities as they are. Um, and also realize... I'm not a man, I'm not a person, I'm not a man who buries his head in the sand, but I'm also not, and this can happen, uh, I'm not a man that gets so over-focused on reality that I get negative, discouraged, critical, and despairing, but I do want to, I do want to know the facts, I want to know the realities of the situation. I also know, there's another part of me knows, that facts and reality are not the whole story. It's the truth, and when I get as much as I can, I also realize there's other things that aren't being addressed here, but right now I'm focused on learning what I can, getting as much information as I can, but I also know there's more to the picture than just the facts, and the reality is much bigger. So instead of getting overly microscopic and negative, I absorb the information and I want to use it as a tool and I want to understand what I have to face and what I'm going through or my loved ones or someone that we care about is going through. I want to know all of that. But I'm not, I want to say this, I'm not stupid enough to believe that's the whole story. I will not. I've gone through too much of this in my life and helped too many other people. There's other variables mm -hmm. that aren't only factual. Mm -hmm. And I remember when we were talking, when we wrote the, uh, the list. Ten, uh, yeah, I'm thinking we're, I'm, that was one of the ten was, or, or if not two, it was deal with reality was one, yep. and then, but recognize that facts aren't the complete reality. That's right. And I think what we were referring to at that time was the financial debacle that was happening, um, where I told people, don't run away and bury your head in the sand. You've got to know what's happening. Mm -hmm. You've got to deal with this. Mm -hmm. It's very important. Yeah. But that is not the whole story. And I remember saying something as an example. I hope CPAs don't get mad at me. But I say, after a point when it comes to the details and all the, fa the small facts, leave it up to the CPAs and the accountant types. And I didn't mean that in a negative way. I meant they're very important and useful. You do need their skill. You do, and that's part of it. But don't get so caught up in it that you lose sight of the bigger picture because you'll lose hope. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't say CPAs and getting into every microscopic detail is going to give you hope. Yeah, and the decisions and the choices you make can definitely need the facts to be based on, but there's more. You need to take into account people mm -hmm. and yourself and the things that matter. That's right. I'm just And we're, that takes us to the next point, which was kind of the tangibles versus the intangibles. And yeah. I'm going to say, we let's get into that in a moment break? because you've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma. 103.3 FM. We will be back after a short break.
Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. And uh, just to kind of carry over from where we were before our break, we were talking about the importance of learning, an attitude of hope and of being willingness to learn, of gathering facts that are important to know, but not to then base everything that you do and decide on those facts, that there can be things that are important beyond that to take into account. And we then led into the idea of what we call, or you've called, tangibles versus intangibles. Yeah, perfect. Um, we, that came up just before the break. That's very good. Timing on that was very good. But that's really uh, important, and we feel, we feel it's very important. And if all of us really are honest with ourselves, who doesn't focus on the tangibles, and especially in our society? The material things, the things that we feel will give us a sense of security and hopeful wealth and, and uh, prosperity and comfort and all of the things, that, and it usually is, is tangibles. I mean, during the Great Recession, how many people, including ourselves, lost their homes? Millions yes. uh, were at the, at, the, at the mercy of the banks that were coming down just with cruelty. And other kinds of debt. All the debts were being called in. It was, it was Credit horrible. cards, homes, everything. everything. It was a horrible time. Um, no question about it. And it's not that all the banks were bad, but the way they handled it with people, was it was a cruelty that was heartless, and it was going on. But I think that what all of us had to come to realize is, well, here we are, and the things that we thought would give us control in our lives and security and help us to not live such fearful lives, feeling over-vulnerable and unprotected, were the tangible things our 401ks, our pensions, our homes, our jobs, our, our uh, annuities, you name it. And all of us have thought that way. So none of us are immune. The problem with that is we put such an overemphasis on whether we're going to be secure, whether we're going to have uh, 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 safety and uh, and quality comfort. quality of life and quality what of life. is quality of life and yeah. where will it come from absolutely and we all have done that and I fell prey to it myself I had a large ranch and I built it and it was very expensive and I thought oh now and it was on a hilltop and boy I thought it was going to give me everything it gave me a lot of debt that's what it gave me but we had good years there I can't say that but really I wasn't alone uh, millions of others our whole community was suffering and there was so much genuine caring for each other during that time, which was wonderful. That's an intangible. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we have to come to confront, um, if we really want to know what could be one of the real mistakes that we make, is to overemphasize the tangibles in our life and get carried away with that. And boy, with the Great Recession was a, a big one. Another one recently has been the fires the that um, have... We know, I can say that we know many people who within 15 minutes lost everything that they didn't grab in those 15 minutes. That's right. And lifetimes of valuable things, and I'm not going to minimize it because I know how important, I mean, we know someone who's, who's the home that her father built many years ago burned down. These are family homes with family memories, mementos that meant so much. I'm not going to make that small. I'm just going to say that, that those moments when things like that happen 
are really, you're brought up short and you have to really look at what does matter. Yes. And, you know, I, used, I deal with, uh, because of my wife's sickness, I deal with a lot of people with Alzheimer's and dementia and stroke victims. And during that time, the people not only lost their homes and their all everything they had, they had to t get those care the people they're taking care of out of those homes in ten or fifteen minutes or be burned to death. Yes. And I heard so many stories of that. It was remarkable. They not only they they were just grateful to get out with their lives mm -hmm. and just to move those folks with dementia, and Alzheimer's and stroke victims. It's just stories that are just astounding. Yeah. And um, I've known many people, and now I hear people since the floods. Not only were they burned out and they got back in their homes, then they had to leave again because they were flooded out, yeah. and they're caring for this. So it's astounding the challenges that life brings to us. Yes. But one of the things I he heard and hear many times, when people do get through it, and they escape with their lives, or they say how grateful they are that they're still alive. How grateful they are that they got through it. How grateful they are that there's people in the community that care for them and offer them help and empathy and compassion. Um, they just begin to appreciate what's really important in life. And if anything, these tragedies, and they are painfully devastating. And people grieve, and rightly so. Uh -huh. That's and, right. and yet, as you say, what you end up, what they end up grateful for is the intangible unmeasurable, in, invaluable things like life and a loved one and the help of the community. And, and that becomes the focus, if they allow it. Well, the people that I, that I know, now I can't say this true for everyone, I know it's not, they, they do allow it. And there, there was a wisdom that's, at least for a period of time, that came out of this that was on a grand scale, uh, certainly in our community, because we were a caregiving community. Mm -hmm. Surrounded by the fires, we weren't touched. Yeah. But this place was what they have a hundred thousand people um, migrate to the, this town during that time. Mm -hmm. I got a chance to talk to a lot of them, and well, the ones that I spoke with, and there was an appreciation and a real caring for one another and an openness that I hadn't seen before, mm -hmm. and it was really sweet. After everything got and they went home, it kind of went away. Yeah, it did. It can. But it was pretty sweet that part of it. And the generosity and the outreach of our community, which is, this is a great community that way. They're just really wonderful. I love it here. Just was so touching and so moving. And it focused on the intangibles, mm -hmm. the things that bring fulfillment, the things that are really important, the wisdom, the love, what they've had in their lives. And, began, and they began to focus on appreciating what they once they got over, I want to say this: the shock and the grief of losing so much. They began to reflect on what they have had, people I know, and we're so grateful for what they've had in their lives, their health, their loved ones. Um, I've heard more people say, "Hey, I can always replace my home. I could always replace whatever, but I'm here with my loved one. I'm here with my family, and we're going to be okay." I heard that more times, uh, and it's true. Um, so I look at those things and I go, that's one of the answers to an antidote 
to discouragement and hopelessness and, and self pity and self pity and the victim mentality. Yes, this is the antidote: is don't overfocus on tangibles. To some point, we all need them. I can't deny that. But if you get carried away, if there's anything that's going to bring you up real tight to yourself, wake you up, is when you're going through a difficult time in your life, a, a, a health one's losing a health, uh, the health of a loved one, or your own health, or so many different things to that effect. Guess what comes up? That's the, it's not the tangibles. Mm -hmm. It's the intangibles that really come up that matter. Um, <laughs> I remember a funny story. Should I tell? It's an yeah. East Coast story anyway. Yeah, yeah, no, go East ahead. Story, yeah, and it's one of my old friends I grew up with, Victor. And uh, I won't say his last name, but he'll know. And uh, I remember he was talking about his, his uh, he was talking to me, I didn't, after his father had passed away. And he was, Victor had lived in California, and it was a successful real estate broker, and, and a lawyer, actually, but he still was a buddy of mine off the streets in New, New Jersey and New York. And uh, he's had the, he had the greatest sense of humor ridiculously funny but anyway he was saying that uh, he was telling us his father had died and his father was like one of these tough guys from the streets a wise guy and he was a card player and he he was a, an Italian guy that really was part of the tough life and uh, Victor was saying that uh, at his father's funeral that uh, that his card lifelong card playing buddies had a uh, you have to keep going. This is a great story. It's true. I know Victor did this too. I believe I wasn't him. sure where you were going, yeah. but this is a good one. Yeah, and he said, and he went up to the casket, and they had put all the winnings from the card games in the casket. These were his father's winnings. His father's winnings. And Victor looked at them, looked at them and this is so funny, but I know him. He really did it. And he says, why should, I, why should we give the money where my father's going? So I wrote a check, took the money, and I put the check in instead. And it was funny because he was grieving over his father, but there was a cynical funniness about Victor, always has been. And that, I know he was telling me the truth. I wasn't there knowing him. That's exactly what he did. He looked at that and he goes, where, what good is the money going to do where my father's going? But, of course, since he's from New York, he had to make sure he had it evened it out. So he wrote a check and put it in the casket. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. But the truth of the matter is... What he was really saying is, what does that matter in the end anyway? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And whether you put the diamonds in or you put the, the cards or the money in the casket, what does it mean anymore anyway? Nothing. Nothing. It's an unimportant thing. It's, an, it's a tangible that means nothing. I've seen more people come to that point when they've lost their health. Yeah. Uh, people that have worked all their life to accumulate w wealth and, and power. And then sickness hits. You have another friend who um, he and his wife worked all their lives uh, uh, preparing uh, for retirement. And uh, in fact, if I remember right, she set aside all of her salary over the years so that they could do things that they enjoyed after they retired. The opposite. Oh, he they put lived his... off of her salary, and she was a, a, a food checker in a in a. Uh, supermarket for like 35 40 years yeah and he worked for pg e they only lived and he put all of his money away yeah that he made for and this has 40 a years a tragic ending yeah and uh he put it they put it all away and he invested it in stock and uh 
just on pg and stock and you can imagine the wealth they, they after 45 years or so mm -hmm. what they had and they were simple blue collar working people and they did this for her for them when they were going to retire and his wife i'll never forget a lovely girl she they retired and they had their dream and she was gone in two years yeah i think it was two years unfortunately i've seen that kind of story too many times they lived and they worked so hard and sacrificed and they felt the material things were going to give them such a comfortable future. And she was gone in two years. He had all the money that he'll ever need, but he didn't have his partner. He didn't have her. No. And I remember his grief and his pain. Yeah. And uh, he's since put his life together, trust me, knowing him. He's a very resilient guy. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe he's learned. I think he has, you know, in old in his older age, I know he has. Mm -hmm. But I remember the pain he was in. Mm -hmm. And yet he had the home, he had the pool, he had the, could travel any place he wanted in the world. Now, this is a simple man. This wasn't a man who lived as a rich man. Yeah. So here he is retired. He, had, he could have anything he wanted for the rest of his life, but he couldn't have his wife. Mm -hmm. And I remember what changes it, it created in him. Mm -hmm. It humbled him. It broke him. Um He's a ladies' man, so he's had many. He's had a lot of girlfriends since. I I know that, mm -hmm. <laughs> but for a number of years, it didn't happen overnight. Yeah, he was at a tremendous loss about his wife. I've heard that story so many times, where these people live for the tangibles. I have other friends, same way, and then they're gone, and it doesn't matter. What really would have mattered is if they didn't worry so much about the tangibles, and they made much more of their life and focus on what the intangibles were. Well, unfortunately, they didn't, and they came to it too late. Mm -hmm. um, it's an eye-opener for all of us. It certainly is a reminder to me. Um, I'm not a guy that focuses on the tangibles, but I like nice things, don't get me wrong. It's just that I'm not allowed, I don't, I've reached a point of wisdom in my life not to over-worry it and not to be overly consumed about it anymore. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for God, my whole career. But my wife was always there to say, you know what? I don't know why you worry. God always provides for you. Always take care and we always come out all right. And my mother says, you were born under a lucky star. And you always came. She would say, you always, your whole life, would come back and be on your feet. And she was right. And that's exactly the way my life has been through all the difficulties mm -hmm. and crucibles of life. And I've had many. Yes, but that part of it is part of me, so I do know that, and uh, and uh, Jenny's learning it because she's around. I'm learning it. She's around the institute, and she sees the boss with all the responsibilities and the bills and everything and the overhead, and I'll be and she she knows the numbers and I'll look at her and go, don't worry about it. Yeah, you can see my face. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's easy yep. to see. She was an engineer. Yeah. So, but others too, and I just look at it and go, we'll be okay. Yeah. And my wife, even in her. Limited capacity analysis, don't worry. You always come out all right. Yep. Yeah. You will come back on your feet, and we will come back <laughs> on our feet and behind the mic after our break. But first, I have to say, I better do this right. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We will be back on our feet behind the mic after a short break.
welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I am your host, Jenny Stevenson. And Peter, we have uh, one more one more segment before we end today's episode. Mm. And so we kind of have a choice of where we want to go. And uh, what we were talking about, and I think we really did cover it, was our, our concept of tangibles and intangibles mm-hmm. and how important it is to have some wisdom and some experience to mm. guide us in how we choose to live our life and the kinds of things we're going to pursue, uh, tangible versus intangible. Um, we could return to, I'm just going to throw this out, we could return to emotions and energy and motivation and what it takes to develop our, our energy and motivation to, to address challenges. We could go back to self-pity. I think sometimes people have a limited view of what self-pity is whereas there's more to it. It creeps into our life in a kind of disguised ways that still, even though they might not be obvious, uh, drain our energy and prevent us from really moving forward and having the life that we want. I agree, and I think the list that I'm just looking at are, are the list, and I think it's a real antidote to what you're, the self-pity. And, uh, but to get really, really tight about it, how do you overcome the spirit of fear? I'll tell you how. You live each day to the fullest, and you give it your best shot every day. Um, do the best you can, and don't worry about what tomorrow will bring, um, because you got to trust that when the whenever comes up next tomorrow, there'll be answers for those challenges at that time. So don't get ahead of yourself. Um, you know, if we, if yes, I was going to say if we. I, I'm just reading something that's. If we focus on the tangibles, we're going to start worrying and get ourselves scared and overwhelmed. Yes, and and I just if it's okay, I want to point out that what came when we wrote you wrote this paper, what came right after that was don't let your emotions dictate your perspective, yes. which is part of what we're talking about today. And you said, don't let your emotions dictate your perspective. Don't let your history determine your future. Don't get fixated on what's been taken away or what's lost. Be aware of it, deal with it, and shift your perspective as quickly as you can. I love that one. Right there. I love it. And uh, those, those emotions of ours, let's face it, we're human, and they come up. And I, had a, I have a great example of that that happened on the weekend. Um, anybody... Uh, anybody can be a doctor, and I don't mean an MD. Uh-huh. But I was at the gym Friday night, at the end of a week of work and it was a hard week and I was working out but that's when I kind of begin to let down and I'll be honest with you I was I was grieving I was grieving the the, the condition my wife is in um she can't she's not there with me anymore we did everything together and I was missing her but I was she's still with us but I was feeling the grief and everybody that I see wants to know how Lynn is and um but they know looking at me once I'm hurting. And I was hurting. And I could not get beyond it. No matter how hard I worked out, I was hurting badly. And uh, a fellow that came up to stage, Eduardo. Eduardo, I hope you're hearing this. If you're not, I'm going to give you a, I'll give you a card so you can be in the listens. Eduardo works at one of the uh, hay and feed stores in town. He's a great guy. He really is a wonderful, wholesome man. And uh, he loads the hay and does it. And he, it's like a brother. They all love me. I know him for years. But, um, and he was at the gym, and he, uh, 
He asked how I was, and I said, I'm not doing, not too, he says, how's Lynn doing? And he says, not too good. And I was thinking, and he looked at me and he went, how are the horses? How's other things going in your life? And I, I'll tell you, at that moment, it was so perfectly timed mm. because I needed somebody to help me shift and shift. get out of my emotional state right there and then, period. Yeah. And it, it, that's just what I needed. I didn't know where it was going to come from, but Eduardo did the trick. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, uh, I was very grateful, but I saw him the next day. I went to pick up some feed for my horses, and I said, you are the best doctor you were the best doctor last night you're just what i needed Mm -hmm. and you reminded me that you got to shift and i can't always stay focused on the pain and the loss and the grief and that is so important now some people might say he was being i don't know might say he was being insensitive to cut you off just the opposite and it was the opposite he was helping you with what you really needed that's right because he knew i was fixated on the loss he knew it and he's a very sensitive, decent man, mm-hmm. and he could see it. So on the on the contrary, I would say he was very sensitive, and he knew I better shake Senor. Let's see, he calls him Senor, Senor. Uh-huh. Better shake him out of this because yeah. they're friends. His town is I'm filled with friends here, and he did it. Yeah. Now that didn't mean I didn't have to go home and take care of my wife, but it really helped me get back on my feet and clear my head, mm-hmm. so I could. Go back with a Gave clear. you some perspective. Absolutely. And I needed it. I couldn't do it for myself, mm-hmm. but I needed somebody else to do it. So that's very important. Yeah. Um, your emotions were dictating your perspective. And that happens to everybody, and particularly when you're in the midst of the kind of critical times that we are talking about and that I'm in and many of you are in. Yeah. It helps to have support yeah. and love in a loving community. Um, okay. And another one after that is, uh, let me read them. And Believe it or not, the next one is... What? Which one? Appreciate what, what you, you have. have. Is that where you were going? Yeah, no, but that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> well, we already kind of have gone there. Right, but that's the intangibles. Yes. A loving family, the things that matter. Embrace them and appreciate them. They are our true gifts. Mm-hmm. Appreciate what you have, what you've been given, and how good things have been. And realize you've been taken care of. And recognize the ways your life has been rich and full. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that comes easily when we're in the midst of crisis and difficulty. No. I also believe it's crucial for that perspective. Yeah. And sometimes making a list out, just sitting down and writing or journaling. I know you've recommended that to clients and patients over the years. Because it gives you perspective. That, that it can be a list. It can be actually kind of a, a record of milestones That's in your life. True. Yes, and to honor those milestones. And boy, do they make a difference when you see them right in front of you and you've written it down and it's a reminder mm-hmm. of what you've had in your life. and Or what you, you know, may be gone now or it's going, but it reminds you of how full and rich your life has been, at least those areas mm-hmm. that you're, you're re- recognizing and focusing on. So that's really important. The next one was exper- ex- examining your spiritual life. Well, I got to say... Um, I haven't seen anybody go through these difficult times in life that didn't have to come up close and confront where they were spiritually. That doesn't mean religiously necessarily at all. But we need to do that. And it's a good time to examine where you've been, where you are, what you believe, what you feel. I think that's very important. I mean, your spiritual self. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see what it says. Oh, is this an area you've neglected? 
Or is this an area you've used as an escape? That can happen too. Oh yeah, there's plenty of people that overemphasize spirituality and religiosity as an escape. That's not what we're talking about. Um, others haven't I wanted to go near it, so they've avoided, it, and that's a neglect. So it's time to work toward that and, and clear that up. So what I wrote was work toward finding a balance between trust and faith. For me, I wrote this for me in God. For me, it is God, and it was God, um, and God, and how He's taken care of me, but also taking responsibility to do my part. So there's that balance. Mm-hmm. It's not completely just saying God's going to do it all; He's going to take care of everything, and I don't have to make an effort at all. I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think there are times, though, when we are so broken and down, we can't. Well, I believe there's a power that's greater than all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, in the universe, I call it, I know it's for me. It's God. I think Joe uh, talked about that mm-hmm. for his personally uh, when he was here with us in episode twenty-two. Is that he is a man of faith, and he does recognize both that he must put trust and faith in God, and he still has things that he's got to get up and do every day. That's right, and that keeps him going. Another thing is reach out to others, so you you realize you're not alone. And there's many people that are experiencing just what you are, or maybe even far worse. If you haven't been charitable, this is a really good time to start to help others that are in need. If you don't have the money to give, then figure out a way that you can give of yourself your time. And it really means a lot. It can mean more. And it, you know something? It does mean more. And mm-hmm. it's a time of healing. It really enhances your own healing. By giving and caring for others. Joe said that too. Absolutely the truth. Yeah. Um, I said look for opportunities. Well, well I'm not going to get into that. And if you really need help, this is a good time for you to d- get some support and help. Okay? If those wounds and scars from that are coming up that are bothering you, get some help. Yeah, Find some out. of those old emotions we've been talking about can be overwhelming to deal with on your own. And you might need some help. And that's okay. It is. It's just absolutely. Find, it, that's can, human. Absolutely. And it can come from any place, not just a psychotherapist, which I was for a year, almost 50 years. Uh, I don't even call myself that a, a mentor and coach. I like that so much better. But you got pastors, you got rabbis, you got community, you got all kinds of folks that you can do, that you can uh, talk to. And I, I re- recommend it. The last thing is don't give up. We're back to Joe again. Let me encourage you, and this is what I said then, hang in there. Don't. In this case, I said, don't let your finances determine your future. What everything, we've talked about something so much broader than just finances today. What we've put ourselves, what we've allowed ourselves tangibly to, to determine uh, how we see life, don't let that happen. Remember that there's far more to life than that. Through all that we're going through, I believe there's going to be something that comes out of this for good. And that is hope. And hope. Right there. That's That's hope. And I think that's a great way to end this show today. I don't think there's any better note than on the note of hope and of of moving forward into something good. And if any of you need more from us, please get in touch with us by our website. Uh, There's a phone number there. Uh, we want to be there. We want to know what you need. We also want to know if there's things that we are saying that maybe you don't agree with. We don't look for just everybody to agree with us. It's the engagement 
We would like that. We would like to or engage. Or if something isn't clear, we Absolutely. want to hear that too. And if there's a way that we can help you to get through things, please get in touch with us. All our best. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson. If you'd like to know more about our show or about Dr. Bernstein, please visit our website, and we are at thesurvivorsguidetolife.com. thesurvivorsguidetolife.com. We are also on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, you can find our podcast. We have just now added it to our website. It's great. You can also find it on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher. Uh, We are all over the place. So I want to say again, thank you for listening and joining in, and please join us again next time. Thank you.